ultimately what we want to do is we want to give people hope. We want to give people a reason to keep going or to celebrate the beautiful moments in their lives, whatever circumstance they're in, to be reminded that every day is a new opportunity for new life. Hello and welcome to First Person and today's conversation with actress and film producer Erin Bathia. I'm Wayne Shepard, looking forward to having you with us for today's program. You may recall Erin from the movie Fireproof when she portrayed Katherine Holt opposite Kirk Cameron in the number one independent film of 2008. She has appeared in over a dozen films to date and has other numerous performance credits. You'll meet Erin and learn about her latest film in just a moment. Before we get started, though, let me point you to our website for additional information and resources. It's firstpersoninterview.com. Take the time to visit the site and learn more about this week's guest as well as past interviews. You'll also find us on facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview, and you can use our smartphone app to store programs to listen to anytime it's convenient. Search for First Person Interview in your favorite app store. In a few days, a new film will be released called New Life, starring today's guest, Aaron Bathia. It's a wholesome love story which follows a young couple as they face what life brings. The film was produced by Argentum Entertainment, a company founded by Aaron and her production partner, Drew Waters. Aaron and I connected via Skype from her home in Los Angeles, and I asked her if she considered acting and producing films her God-given calling. Definitely. I think that um, that's one of the interesting things about this this business is, you know, when I first started acting, Christian movies were not really, were, were not really popular. I mean, they, they weren't being done very much. And so like, as a Christian young woman who wanted to be an actress, that was really frowned upon. It was like, oh, don't, don't choose that. That's such a worldly profession. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, I think we've seen now that thank, thanks to obviously initially the passion of the Christ and then movies like what Sherwood Pictures has done, um, it's become really easy to be a believer and still get to chase your passion as an actor or a filmmaker and get to tell those stories. I noticed that you you have a love for acting, but you call yourself a storyteller. So tell me the distinction. Uh, well, I think that what's wonderful about the day and age in which we live is that I don't have to fit into just one box. Um, I have always loved telling stories. Even before I knew that I wanted to be an actor, I've just enjoyed telling and hearing good stories. And so the way that that manifests itself, um, if I identify as a storyteller, is so much broader so that if there's a project where I'm not an actor, I mean, like, for example, in, in Courageous, when they made Courageous, I didn't act in that. I came on to the crew and worked and helped the makeup team. Um, so I get to be part of the storytelling experience in some way or another. And that keeps me happier thinking of it more as just getting to tell a story rather than having to always be in front of the camera. And that's kind of why I've also moved into production recently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But when did you know this is for you? Uh, I mean, the the first time that I really realized this was something I wanted to do for forever, if I could, was I was 15 and my high school had just started a spring musical program and we did Bye Bye Birdie. And I got cast in the lead of Rosie Alvarez. And that first performance, that first night we finished the show, uh, my best friend, my best guy friend was my co-star in the show. So it was like perfect. And we came out and took the bows and I just was like, 
I don't want it to end. <laughs> I'm not ready for it to be over. And I just, I think that's when I realized I would do this for free. So if, if it's something that I love that much that I would do for free, and then if I could be good enough at it to actually make a living at it, that would just be the best. Mm-hmm. Tell me your faith story. When did you come to Christ? Uh, well, I, it's kind of a funny story. My parents, luckily, were really wise parents. And uh, I remember when I was about eight years old, I came to my dad after a summer camp that he was preaching. Um, he was like making his transition from being a youth minister to a to a senior pastor. And he was preaching at a youth camp. And I came to him after one of the services and I said, Daddy, I, I think I, I need to ask Jesus in my heart. I don't want to, I don't want to go to hell. And he said, okay, well, let's sit down and let's talk about it. And he said, so Aaron, are you, are you ad- willing to admit that you're a sinner, that you've committed sin? And I said, oh no, Daddy. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> and luckily he was like, okay, well, maybe we're not quite let, there. Let, let, let's back up a step here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and we kind of talked through it and, and kind of realized that what I was just really feeling at the time was like fear and uh, he did not want me to make that decision out of a place of fear. He wanted me to make it out of a out of a place of de- of a desire for a relationship with the Lord. Very and wise. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it was almost a year later that we actually sat down and after church one Sunday night in the living room and knelt in front of our couch and and he prayed with me and helped me make that decision. And I still remember it very clearly to this day. Mm. Yeah. Some of my listeners may recall that your father's Michael Catt, the pastor, and uh, Michael was actually on this program several years ago when we first started and told his dramatic story of yeah. his adoption. He's an amazing story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. He's a big fan of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's his story is incredible and has really has shaped our family. I mean, not him not finding out that he was adopted until he was well into his his adult years and his mother had already passed away. And I mean, we dealt with that as a family for a long time. He didn't tell us and he was bitter and, you know, sort of wrestling with the Lord about it and with his identity. And, um, I think it all, all in the end, it drew us all closer as a family. We all kind of feel like we walked through it with him, which is, which is an odd thing. I mean, kids don't often get to walk through something like that with their parents. Right. Well, Aaron, tell me about the hat you're wearing, because we know you from being on screen, but you have a far larger role in these movies that we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just a couple years ago, I started a production company with another actor who I had worked with named Drew Waters, and we'd worked on a, an 1890s Western together called Redemption of Henry Myers, mm-hmm. and which I love. I'm really proud of that film. And um, on that film, we just kind of got to talking about the types of projects that we wanted to do. And we just, neither of us were really getting offered the kind of roles we were really interested in um, and and wanted to, wanted to sort of take control of that aspect of our careers. When you're an actor, your entire career is in someone else's hands and they're making all of your decisions. And, and uh, that can be infuriating when you're a creative person and you have a broad enough spectrum to go, you know what, I could do that. Like, I'm a storyteller. I could do this. And so we started a production company, and New Life is our first film that's coming out soon. And we also ended up um, co-writing the script together with with two other writers who sort of helped us develop the story initially, and then Drew and I finished it out. And so, 
yeah, I'm feeling a little like, I'm feeling a little like Alex Kendrick these days. <laughs> I'm like, writer, producer, lead actress. Like, Watch out, Alex. <laughs> I, I've lost my mind, apparently. Nobody can do it like he can, but yeah. Well, how do you select the stories to tell? I mean, where do you start that process? Yeah, we have a we have a really specific vision for our production company. It's called Argentum Entertainment, and Argentum being the Latin word for silver, um, and that's sort of taken from the fact that movies are on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that silver goes through, as we've all heard in probably multiple sermon illustrations, a pretty intense purification process. It does not start out as pure silver, and you have to remove the impurities in order to get the best quality product. And for us, that's what good storytelling is about, is removing the impurities. So the films that we want to make, we want to remove the gratuitous, objectionable content um, that you see in a lot of Hollywood movies. But we also want to remove some of the flaws that you see in, as much as I love them, in some of our faith-based films, which is sometimes it's just bad acting and poor production quality or or. Um, sacrificing story in favor of just trying to make it a sermon and you lose your story. And we want to basically take the best of both worlds, take the powerful emotional messages that come in faith films, but put them in something quality that reaches a broader audience um, so that the maximum number of people can be impacted. We'll talk more about that as it pertains to your latest film, New Life. But uh, let me probe that a little bit because we primarily know you because of you starting out in these faith-based films, like yes. uh, uh, Facing the Giants with that first line, that one line <laughs> you had, and of course, Fireproof and, and others. Uh, does this represent then a change in philosophy for you, or is it? are you doing both? I mean, I, I don't think that it's a change in philosophy. I never, I, you know, it's funny because when I was doing all my interviews for Fireproof, our, our, our PR team, who is our same PR team for, for New Life, actually, but they... Um, they used to tell me, don't say, because I used to say, well, I never wanted to make Christian movies, um, even though I'm a Christian, I, because my definition of Christian movies was always that they're so bad, um, which is not true anymore. They're amazing now. And that's a, a, that's an unbelievable gift that has happened to us in our Christian society. But I've always felt like I just want to make movies that get a little bit outside of that realm, very often even the best Christian movies are still mostly only seen by Christians. Hmm. And so unless they happen to drag a friend (laughs) to see it or give it to a friend, but I wanted to make films that would appeal to a broader audience than that, that still come from my Christian worldview and show who I am and what I believe, um, but that maybe aren't as uh, as isolating uh, to people who don't believe that and might be a way to welcome more people into that way of thinking or into that belief system um, because it's not so it's not so in your face. So yeah, you know, I always say like the blind side is one of the best examples of of that type of filmmaking. It was a great film, high quality, definitely came from a Christian worldview and yet, the entire world saw it. Yeah. It literally blindsided viewers, didn't it? <laughs> and won an Oscar. So. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll continue this conversation with actress and producer Erin Bathia here on First Person. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening to today's First Person interview. FEBC believes in the power of story, God's story, at work in the life of people who follow Christ. 
As we broadcast programs both into large population areas and remote villages of Asia, we hear amazing stories of how God touches hearts with His Word. If you'd like to hear more of those testimonies, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and click on the FEBC banner. My guest today is actress and film producer Erin Bathia. I never know if it's politically correct to say actress or actor these days. Which do you prefer? <laughs> Either one. I have no, <laughs> okay. no preference. All right. Well, uh, um, at least I know how you feel about it, and I'll, I'll be able to do a better <laughs> job. Erin, uh, thanks for taking time to talk today. Uh, let's talk more specifically about your latest project, the film called New Life, or its French title is? Nouvelle Vie. Nouvelle V, and it's going to be in theaters in just a week or so. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to you got to be, be feeling you got to be feeling that, right? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm so excited! I cannot wait to show people this film. It's my favorite thing that I've ever done. It's I think it's you know without trying to pat myself on the, my back, I think I think it's my best acting. I think. It's my favorite story I've ever told. I think it's one of the most totally unbiased. I think it's one of the most romantic, sweet films um, that people have seen in a long time. And so I just can't, I can't wait to hear what people think about it. I'm excited. You use the word there, romantic film. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, you come from that faith film background, but romance is, it's a legitimate art form for filmmaking. Absolutely. I mean, we think about like some of the best classic films ever made are our romances, Breakfast at Tiffany's and Love Story. And even coming into like modern history, I mean, Titanic is a romance film. It's not a disaster film. Um, so, I, I mean, love stories are inerrant in what we do. And it, it was really fun to go from Fireproof, which was a romance in a very specific kind. It was a romance in reverse, Right. I mean, they were out of love mm-hmm. <laughs> and then back in love. And uh, and so it's really fun now to revisit the genre. I haven't done a romance since Fireproof and I love this genre. And uh, it's been really fun to do one where I get to be somebody who's happy and in love <laughs> instead <laughs> yeah. of angry. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to give away any spoilers here today, but <laughs> I'll let you go as far as you want in describing this film. But it also will appeal to the faith film crowd as well at the same time, I think. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, like I like I said before, all of the films that Argentum is making, they're a reflection of my belief system. And I think if you watch the film, even though there's no overt Christian content in it, really, I think you get a sense that these people, they love each other the way they do, and they get through the things that they get through that, that hopefully nobody but a lot of people do have to face. Um, because they're obviously clinging to something that is much bigger than themselves. And, uh, and it's that faith and that hope that is universal that we all need, but it's a reflection of, of my personal beliefs. Well, I don't want to give up my man card here today, but I will admit in watching the uh, screener ahead of time, I did shed a little tear. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> we've, we've brought down some, some, some big, tough men with, with this one. Actually, I sent it to... Um, to Alex Kendrick, and he said that he cried. And also Jim McBride, who oh my goodness, a lot of people the former pro wrestler, yeah, yes, former <laughs> pro wrestler Bobby Lee Duke and facing the Giants, he was like, I cried. I was like, yes. <laughs> okay, I feel better if Jim cried, then I feel better about crying watching this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's funny. Well, what can you tell us about it that won't spoil it for everyone who's going to go see it now? Uh, I can tell you that it is a beautiful romance. It's a story of two people, Ben and Ava, who meet as children. 
and grow up together and uh, well into their adult life and so happy childhood sweethearts living the dream are faced with some personal challenges that um, I think so many people are going to identify with. And we take them through some real pain and some real grief. And it it does get, it's, you know, we, we get to some sad places, but that's, we have to do that to do justice to the hope that we have to have through all of that. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't justify a painful circumstance to gloss over it. And so um, ultimately at the end, the love that they have for each other surpasses any pain um, or grief or difficulty that they may be going through and is demonstrated in how they come out of that circumstance and what happens for them in the end. Even though you were not making a faith film precisely, was there any scripture that went through your head as you wrote and, and produced this movie? Oh my gosh, there's there's so much. Um, I mean, there's little things hidden hidden all through it. Oh, there's Easter uh, eggs, huh? Yeah, little Easter eggs. I'll tell you one that you can you can look out for, which okay, is there's a, right. there's a scene in the film where Ben is particularly our lead character is particularly sort of downtrodden, and he checks his cell phone, and the time on his cell phone is eleven twenty eight. Um, which is taken from Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and oh, I will okay. give you rest. Um, <laughs> so there's little Easter eggs and things like that all through there. So many things that we pointed back to. Um, I mean, obviously that's where that's where my hope comes from. So when I'm looking to tell a story about hope, that's where I got to go. Yeah, tell me about the team, your partners in this project. Oh man, well I have the I have the best business partner in the whole world. Drew Waters is he's a fantastic actor. And amazing visionary and just had, he actually created this story himself out of thin air. Um, Just, he had lost his grandfather to a broken heart Mm. and wanted to better understand relationships and grief within relationships and things like that. And um, he created this story of these two people who walk through this storm together um, and find hope in the end and uh, out of that experience. And uh, so this is really his his baby completely. Um, I just got brought along for the journey and I'm so glad. And then my co-star, Jonathan Patrick Moore, is phenomenal. He's an amazing actor. He's an Australian guy who came over here a few years ago and started working in a lot of Hallmark movies and things like that. And I think this is the best thing that he's ever done. And he was such a great partner to where I couldn't have asked for a better, better co-star. That sounds wonderful. Uh, Aaron, uh, great musicians spend lots of time practicing their craft. What does an actor do to get ready for a role like this? Oh, first of all, being an actor is it's constant education and preparation. It's constant classes, um, observation, you know, because really our whole job is just to reflect the human experience. So it's not like we're trying to play somebody who doesn't actually exist. And so um, that's where class and education and observation of other people around you goes a really long way. You kind of file it all away in your actor diary. What was great for me about this one was because I got to co-write the script, um, I really kind of got to help create Ava and who she was. And I got to put a lot of myself into her um, or the best parts of myself. I wish I was more like her (laughs) a lot of times. Um, But I got to put a lot of my sort of sense of humor and my view of the world into her. And so it just made it 
the time came to play her and I knew her from the inside out. And it was so, it was like a dance. I understand also this film has a connection with Africa. Um, explain that connection. Does that have anything to do with your, your sister maybe? <laughs> oh yeah. My, well, yeah, my sister is, gosh, she's an incredible human being and she spent a year living in South Africa doing mission work. But yeah, we've actually, um, we have partnered with, it's such a, it's such a cool thing. I'm so excited about it. We've partnered with a company called Mudlove, um, which is actually based in Winona Lake, Indiana, which is the town where we shot the movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we got connected with them. But they have these incredible pieces, bracelets, necklaces, mugs, all handmade from clay, um, which is a, you know, sort of picture in itself. Um, but the proceeds from those go to support uh, people in the Central African Republic with clean water. Oh, and wonderful. so we have partnered with them because uh, we feel like this film is you know, ultimately what we want to do is we want to give people hope. We want to give people a reason to keep going or to celebrate the beautiful moments in their lives or whatever circumstance they're in to be reminded that every day is a new opportunity for new life. And so we want to, we partnered with them to create these bracelets that say new life. So you can wear sort of a tangible reminder of that. And then also those bracelets provide clean water for people who are in desperate need of it. And um, additionally, we've actually also partnered with Show Hope for those bracelets, which is Stephen Curtis Chapman's adoption mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. And um, so part of the proceeds goes to provide clean water and part of it goes to fund an adoption grant for, so that a child can be placed with a family. And so our whole thing is, you know, look, you get new life, but you give new life. So That's open. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I want to take you back. I think a lot of listeners uh, perked up when you said Winona Lake, Indiana, because there's a lot of evangelical history there going all the way back to Billy Sunday and before. So were you aware of all that? There is a holy cloud still to this day over Winona Lake, Indiana. I I can't even explain it. I I like I almost don't want to tell people about it because it's such a well-kept secret (laughs) and it's such a beautiful little town and I like want to keep it to myself. One of the central themes of our movie is butterflies. We never really bring draw attention to them, but it's obviously the best possible picture of something beautiful blooming out of adversity or difficult or hard situation. When we pulled into Winona Lake, it was like we were in a butterfly sanctuary. We saw them <laughs> everywhere. And all the locals were like, we actually don't have that many butterflies. And it was just like the Lord just said, yep, this is exactly where you're supposed to be to film this movie. And I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Aaron Bathia's film, New Life, opens in select cities on October 28. And now as a producer and writer, as well as an actress, Aaron hopes to bring quality movies to a broader audience. We will have links with more information on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Our archive of programs grows each week, and you're invited to explore our past interviews either at firstpersoninterview.com or by using the download feature on our free smartphone app, First Person Interview. These conversations are made possible through the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who love for you to hear how God works in the lives of people for His glory. Next week, we'll talk with the author of The Case for Christ, a modern-day apologetic classic. Lee Strobel will join us. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.